You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Real conversations. It's going to be fun. Maybe a little uncomfortable. Maybe a little uh, revealing. Only for me. <laughs> Mainly for Pastor Jurgen and myself, so it'll be good. Um, we're going to talk about family. We're going to talk about relationships. We'll, we'll hit a few different things, but I also want to just remind you, no matter where you're at, you know, in, in your relationship status, right? Whether you're single, whether you're married, you're engaged, you're, you know, new, newlyweds or your grandparents, whatever the scenario is, there's going to be stuff to glean from this moment. And actually, if you're not married yet, some of these conversations are the best right now to just grab onto. I, I remember my parents uh, would be listening. My mom's like an avid learner. She'd be listening to all the Gary Smalley and the Dr. Dobson and the, you know, Dennis Ranning, all these psychologists and like marriage coaches. So it'd be just in, just playing in my house all the time, right? And so I, I, I remember hearing thoughts around marriage and family and relationships and just going, well, we'll just, uh, we'll just put that away for later and, and tuck it in. And so I'm thankful for that atmosphere growing up. So wherever, whether that was your atmosphere, or you have the exact opposite of that, uh, we're going to grow together and we're going to learn together. So, Pastor and Leanne, we're honored to have you with us. Thank you for taking the time. And uh... It's such a treat because actually I don't think any other campus gets both of you, but Brucey Ranch does. We're so thankful. Exclusive. And the first panel for the 9 a.m. was so incredible. Yeah. We, I know I took some stuff away for myself and for you to Okay, do. good. This is good. <laughs> I figured that. I figured that. We'll review notes later. Right. <laughs> um, and let, let's kick off. The, I love the verse you shared, Pastor, and to kind of get us kicked off. I think that kind of speaks into this family dynamic. So Proverbs Proverb 6.20 says, My son, do not forget the commands of your father, or the instructions of your mother. And, uh, and I, just, I just love that because my son, don't forget the commands of your father and the instructions of your mother. And so obviously this is Solomon wisdom. And it's interesting that there's a mama voice and a papa voice in the house. And a lot of, one of the other striking things you'll find in Awaken is that we have women preach. So Leanne will preach. Pastor Katie will preach. Beautiful Kat Sullivan, one of the most amazing pastors, one of the most amazing will preach and teach. Pastor Melissa Higginbottom will preach and teach. I mean, we've got so many powerhouses that will preach and teach. And the reason we do that is my son. So people say, well, you know, you're not meant to have it. Bible says, Paul said, don't, I don't give a woman permission to teach or have authority over a man, my son. Last time I checked, gender, my son, man. <laughs> Listen to the instructions of your mother. So whenever you see, whether it's Pastor Leanne, Pastor Katie, uh, Pastor Cad, whoever it is on this platform, you need to understand they are under my authority. They're not usurping any authority. They are under my authority. Here's what we've discovered. A healthy home has a mother's voice and a father's voice. A healthy home, the father has command. Dads, dads say little, but what they say has weight. So the father has the command, but mama has the instructions. I, I, I like chocolate cake. I couldn't make it, 
But Leanne has taught Zoe how to make chocolate cake because she has instructions called ingredients. And you put this much flour and this many eggs and you beat this much and then this much cocoa and you put and you preheat the oven to this temperature. And so a woman, a woman is magnificent with instruction. And the two working together create healthy homes. Healthy homes, healthy churches, vibrant communities. That's why the devil uses a religious spirit to try and destroy or rip that away from the church. So that's why I wanted to open with that scripture. Beautiful. Yeah. I feel like we could just like lean into that one verse. I mean, how, how important is that? And, and I think it's one of the reasons why we want to lean into this family topic because culturally there's been so much attack on the family, yeah. so much attempt to dismantle it, redefine it, downplay its role and its essential nature. And, and we, we have to be, especially as the church, we have to be the champions of the family, right? We have to be the champions of the home. If that home, if that, if the, the nucleus kind of of that family, and uh, which is the center of culture, the center of a great nation, if that's dismantled, we know everything else falls, right? So if, if nothing else, us as believers and Christians and pastors, church leaders, we have to keep fighting for the family, keep standing up for it, keep calling people back to what does God say? Right? Beautiful. And it was Plato. Plato said, as it goes with the family, so goes the nation. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, very important. Yeah. But Leanne, you had a, had a revelation on, because, you know, it was the whole, hey, the future is female, the future is female. Yeah. But you were the one that coined, the, no, the future is family. The Tell fu- us a little yeah, bit about it. Yeah, the future it. is family. So when that statement was shot out from the bowels of hell in 2016, yeah. uh, unfortunately, a lot of people grabbed onto it. And that's why it's so important to have discernment. Yeah, to many Christians, sadly. And so it came out, I think I first heard it from the lips of Hillary Clinton in 2016. So you've always got to look at the source of where something comes from to start with, because we can see there's, you know, there is an incongruency even in her own life, pro late-term abortion, the slaughter of women in utero, but the future is female. I'm not buying what you're selling. But that point aside, what a divisive comment. And if you, if you don't, if you don't take the time to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying, and the Bible tells us those who have ears to hear, listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches, you'll become a victim of everything that sounds cool. Or right. And so we would go to we would go to churches or I would go to women's conferences and I'd see women wearing this slogan and I'm thinking to myself, this is so messed up. The Bible says what God has brought together, let no man separate. And the division of the sexes has borne no good fruit in our society. And now, was there a season in life where where women were mistreated and and put under and not valued and cherished the way that they should be. Yes. But the solution is not to toss men out. The solution is not to say, now women are superior. Sorry, you had your time, man. It was the age of men. Now it's the age of woman. (laughs) No, how about we just get it into its right order? Instead of instead of letting the pendulum swing to the other side where now we worship women, why don't we why don't we just do it God's way? Where we value and cherish women, we honor and esteem men, and we understand that God brought us together for a reason. And the solution is not the extreme, but God always works by bringing what is chaotic into order. 
So that's why I really strongly felt at that stage, not only are we not adopting the future is female, I'm going to actively counter that lie with the truth of God. The future is not female. The future is male and female. The future is family. And we have to understand, yeah, the... The wicked intent of the enemy, and he's so crafty and so cunning. And even if you look at the, a lot of the messaging that is coming out of the world from places like Disney and Nickelodeon and, and different arenas, there is a subtle messaging. Men are idiots. Like they can barely hold down a job. They're, they're just doofuses walking around the house, bumping into furniture. Thank God for the woman who's got the, the crocodile briefcase. She's a doctor and a lawyer. She's a boss babe, married to a completely inept simp. And they're putting this out to the masses. And their mess, the messaging to our children is men are superfluous to the situation. You don't need a man. And it's so wicked. Yeah. And we, ha- we actually not just need to not, uh, not tolerate it, not let our children be sucked in by it, but we need to actively oppose the lie. Right. If we let the lie stand without contesting, without contesting it, that lie gets a greater platform. Right. And look at the destruction we've seen on our world as yeah. a result. You, you megaphone out to the universe and the stratosphere, the future is female. Yeah. And then we walk around and we wonder why all the men are starting to look like women. Right. And androgyny is now a thing. Like you can't tell me that there wasn't a seed sent out into the soil of the soul of planet Earth that is now bringing forth a harvest. We're paying the piper. The church needs to now step back up into its place of influence and be the chief amongst the mountains again and say, no, no, no. No, 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 Mrs. Clinton. We're not buying what you're selling. The future is not female. The future is male and female. The future is family. And we're not going to be ashamed to say it. And we're going to bring back into order what has been destroyed through chaos. That is so good. Maybe we can lead into that a little bit more. What does that look like? The the male role, the yeah. the well, female role. Like what are so division? So you know. Uh, and a house divided cannot stand. So, so Satan is the master divider. Yep. And so, you know, we've seen divisive, divis- divisive politics. And that's what that's kind of engineered to do. The future is female, to get the male competing with the woman, the woman right. competing with right. the, the male. Right. We, when we compete, we are at our worst. Right. When we complement, we're at our best. We'll compliment at our best. So you would have heard that, uh, you know, so when when that saying came out, the future is female, it was immediately, it was immediately uh, kind of echoed and, and heralded, tied to the notion of there is toxic masculinity. We've got to do away with toxic masculinity. And what they meant by that was uh, strength. That, that a man that a man's strength was right. something that was right. evil right. that a man needed to, to get you know to, to, to not be strong he needed to be weak and he needed to be silent as the woman's turn and, and women can do what men can do and maybe they can but are they meant to right are they meant to great question you, uh, yeah. there are so many women who have spent their entire life you know working for Google and 
Faithless Book and all of those places and they, they, they freeze their eggs because, you know, they've got to compete with men and they've got to get a career. And uh, I'll have children later and the amount of women that have regretted that they were duped by a lie. So the Bible says about Moses that Moses was more meek than any man, more meek. And the, the problem with the church is that we, 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 uh, uh, we dumb down Scripture down to our dysfunction. Rather than letting the Scripture challenge us out of our dysfunction to live up, we use spirituality and we pull Right. Scripture down to our dysfunction. So the church has kind of almost associated meekness with weakness. Right. But meek means strength yeah. under control. Right. It's not the removal of the strength of right. a man, but yeah. it's the direction. It's yeah, the yes. purpose. Yes. When you have strength without purpose, it can do damage. Right. But strength with purpose. That's it. Strength That's it. with purpose. Yeah. Strength with purpose is how we drill holes, how we discover oil, how we mine gold. Strength with purpose is how we send satellites into orbit, is how we land on Mars, how we put lunar rovers on, on, onto to the moon. It's strength with purpose. And in a home, Leanne is able to thrive if she can come under the security of the strength that I supply as a husband, that I'm strong in our vision, I'm strong in my protection, I'm strong in creating an environment where she can thrive, where she can rise, where she can flourish, where she is cherished. But the devil is the great divider. And that's why Jesus in John 17 says, remember, you're in the world, you're not of it. Right. You're yeah. not of it. Yeah. So be very, very careful. when if, if you find yourself amening or echoing the hashtags of the world, it's a good good moment to stop, check yourself right. before you wreck yourself yeah. because the spirit of the world is completely yeah. antithesis yeah. to the spirit of God. So don't, don't buy into the spirit of the world. We are in the spirit of God and we build marriage. We build family. And and the fruit is always in the pudding. Well, you know, he's a, he's a strong man. Well, I want to see the fruit of his wife right. if, if wow. because your wife is a product of your husbandry. I was so just, you may, you I may was have say, let's lean into that. Not, let's yeah. lean into that story a little bit. I know yeah. it's been... As said before, but that, that is probably one of the most transformational revelations that you bring into yeah. kind of parenting or I mean, we, uh, kind of marriage. We, you know, we, we were five we, years married, I five think. years married. We had two little boys and uh, and I, I kind of lost my wife in the sense that she was mama. And that, that's always a great challenge in any marriage yeah. is. And she was such a magnificent mama. Yeah. And because she was a magnificent mama, by the time I got home, she was exhausted because she had kids pouring at her, you know, poopy diapers, all of that kind of stuff all day. She needed a break. But then I came home and like, me, my needs. And, um, and so we, we, were, we, were, we were kind of fighting all the time. And I didn't understand the compliment. All I understood was the, the compete. And so competition is, you know, whatever competition, and especially if it's if you see or have an opponent, you're looking for a weakness in the opponent. I did, I did uh, three years of uh, amateur boxing in my teenage years because I was always getting bullied in high school. And so one of the things that we, that we learned was when somebody throws a jab, quite often as they jab, they'll drop their right, which makes them susceptible to a left hook. So you slip the jab and... and because the right's down. So you're always looking for a weakness. And so what I was doing inadvertently was I felt like Leanne had become 
uh, my opponent and I was wow. looking wow. For, for weaknesses in her to point out, wow. thinking, oh, well, she's going to thank me for pointing out all of her flaws. <laughs> Which how many people know that goes over like a lead balloon. So that, that didn't work. And so, so this one day I'm having, we just had the biggest row and, uh, and I, I didn't know what else to do. I just said, well, I'm just, I've got to get out of this house. I'm going to go and talk to God. Don't, don't be surprised if you break out in boils and uh, by the time I get up, but I'm talking to God. And, and not even, not even two minutes into talking to God, God spoke to me as clear as anything, just kind of cut to the quick. And he said, Yerks, your wife is the product of your husbandry. Wow. And it, I oh. am like, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Put me on hold. Who else is up there? Yeah. You know, could I speak with your manager? <laughs> this is not the advice, the counsel that I want to hear. But unfortunately, he's the most high. And it's like, I can't put you on hold the and there's nobody Court. above me. I am most high. And he's like, your wife is a product of your husbandry. And then he just began to, oh my gosh, just decimate. And he said, I watched you. You called Leanne this, 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 and this. I'm like, uh-huh. And he said, what kind of a wife do you want? And I said, well, you know, I really, I want a princess. He's like, when was the last time you called a princess? Yeah. When was the last time you called her amazing? When was the last time you called her beautiful? Was, and I realized that I was looking at her worst behavior and then speaking right. that behavior, wow. putting that late. If you say to your child, we never said to our children, we, and I learned from this, we never said to our children, you're a naughty boy, get to your room. We say, you're a good boy. Yeah. What you did was naughty. Yeah, that's correct. You need to go to your room. You've got to be very, very careful. So I began to realize that I was the architect of my own misery. And, uh, and I remember coming wow. home, looking through the window, and there was my beautiful. She trusted me at 17. She said yes on an altar. And she's still in the kitchen cleaning up the mess I made from dinner. And she said, because she, she hasn't forsaken her duties, but I noticed the sparkle that was in her eye when we first got married and set out on this adventure had, you know, pretty much been extinguished. And then I realized I was the Jack Wagon, excuse me, Jack Wagon, Wagon, Jack Wagon, Jack Wagon. W. I had to get what? the right what? aspect right there, Jack Wagon. And, uh, and so, so I went in and I said, Leanne, God just, and if I was honest with her, she didn't believe me. Right. And, uh, yeah. and the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, oh, God, I can't believe it. I repented. I got down on one knee. I told her. And she didn't believe me. He's like, yeah, yeah, because for five years she's had to endure it completely different. You need to prove it. You know, yeah. are you man enough? Can you put your big boy shorts on? Yeah. And so prove good. to her that this is not just a moment or words, but can you prove to her? And so I was determined from that moment. That was the challenge. He threw down the gauntlet. Yeah. I thought, right, she is going to wake up every day to a different man that I will praise her, I will call her beautiful, I will call her princess, I will call her wonderful, I will call her exceptional. And uh, So good. And, you know, I think with, you know, you talk about Proverbs 31 where it says, you know, you know the children rise and call her blessed. Yeah. And the power of, like, the only reason a child rises up and calls their parent, their mom, blessed is because there's a dad going, hey, stand up. And honor your mom, yeah. right? So true. Kids are not usually doing that on their own. The other day, I literally, I literally was like, 
I had our two daughters stand up. Stand up right now, get on the chairs, and you start telling your mom how awesome she is, right? And, and there's just something really powerful about that role that we have. Like, what a great word, architect. The beautiful thing about an architect is if you don't like the designs or you don't like how the building's building, you can change it. You can do a remodel. You can make some adjustments. And I think for every single one in this room, we're at different stages. And I think some of this goes, wow, that would have been great to know a while ago. Right. You know, but no matter where you're at, it's never too late to start changing your words, start shifting your vocabulary over your spouse and your kids. You know, that, that was one of the things that I was thankful of. My dad never said he was proud of me because of stuff I did. Wow. That was a lesson he taught me. He was never like, good job on that game. I'm proud of you. Hey, good job on that project. I'm proud of you. It was just, I love you, my son. I'm proud of you. Just independent of, that, of accomplishment. So that was something, but Katie's family didn't have that. And so it was actually something we, we had to kind of dialogue through when, when our kids are just growing up, going, okay, how are we praising them? Because that can even start to send a message too. It's just about what you did good or did bad versus who they are, right? And it's the same thing with your spouse. You don't go, well, I'm going to honor her or honor him when they do this, right? But we're going to just, we're going to speak life. We're going to prophesy good. We're going to declare the goodness of God over them. So good, Samuel. So you're saying on there, so if I say to Leanne, honey, you're the best dishwasher person I've ever seen. Yeah. Honey, you're the best exactly. floor vacuumer yeah. in the world. That's come, it. Come here, you little vacuum I bet person. you can't vacuum faster. Yeah. I bet you can't do all these dishes. Oh. You know when, when oh kids were little and you did that? I bet you can't <laughs> race upstairs and brush your teeth in 30 seconds. Oh. That's it. This is the greatest way to spend the next week on the sofa. Yeah, that's it. That works <laughs> with one with eye the swollen shut. Yeah, yeah. Works with the toddler, not your wife as yeah, much. No, 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 not as so, much. <laughs> to get the activity out, it's the person. That's it. I like the way you think. It's the person. Um, let, let's let's kind of continue down this this track of we, we kind of lean into kind of the male role a little sure, bit. Yeah. Let's talk about femininity let's talk about mom let's talk about wife in this picture of creating the home and and whether it be your husband or your kids yeah well i think even just using the proverbs 31 model which is it's so it's so beautifully diverse even yeah. that scripture because within that story you can look at it and just see a woman but there's children in there there's a husband in there i think one of the things that i love about that passage one of the most profound things is the Bible says the heart of her husband uh, safely trusts her. And I think we have been entrusted with so much as, as wives. I think the biggest thing that I'm entrusted with here is knowing my husband vulnerably, being his greatest ally, advocate, encourager and cheerleader. And I think what some women forget sometimes, and I know I did, is we are actually guardians of our husband's egos. <laughs> and that, that word ego can be a yeah. negative. Uh, it can be a negative or spoken about in a negative sometimes. But it's actually such a beautiful thing. You actually don't want a husband with no ego, with no confidence, with no belief in himself that is centered in a knowledge of 
the fact that he is a son of God. So more than anything, I am a, I feel like a guardian of that. And in that way, I have to use. It's quite fragile, if I was honest with yes, you. Yes, 100%. And, and to, and for to, real, for yeah, real. For to find, real. to be able to discern those moments. If she doesn't amen yeah. me, then I'm like, it does, you can have all the people blowing smoke, but yeah. you know, oh, you're the best, you're this, you're a boss, you're that. But if your, your bride doesn't that's, amen. That's so true. Yeah. And it definitely needs to be authentic, but I, I, really do, uh, I really do believe that there is something so powerful about that. When we look at one of the attacks of the enemy on men and throughout Bible history, you can see attacks on men. One of the first you know, mass slaughter campaigns was little boys in Egypt. So there has been an attack on men. We talk a lot about the attack on women. Okay, what about the attack on men? And I think that we have, we absolutely have, a responsibility as wives to be discerners in our own home, to be able to see what may not be natural to the physical eye. And sometimes the cry for affirmation can come from a bit of bravado or even, you know, like someone who has to talk about themselves nonstop. Do we point out everything that we see on the surface that's wrong? Or do we see this is my opportunity to fill within him something that it's my job as a wife to fulfill? I, you know, as simple as saying, I'm proud of you. I'm proud to be your wife. Gratitude is a massive thing, I think, that a woman can do for her husband, being grateful. Because I think in our part of the world, this may not be true for everywhere, but in our part of the world, there can be a lot of entitlement. Yeah, you should get me that handbag. Yeah, I should drive that car. Now, look, I'm not going to stop all the men from blessing their wives well, and providing for their families. Come on. But that spirit of entitlement is one of the greatest destroyers of a relationship. So while, you know, I love that he wants to honour and cherish me and, and buy me beautiful things, heaven forbid that I ever get accustomed to it and lose my gratitude for the man that God has given me. And I think that's one way we can honour is, is being thankful. The, the minute Thanksgiving leaves a marriage, is, a, is the minute it starts to decay from the inside out. I, I have an expectation as opposed to uh, an, appreciation. A, a, an appreciation. That's, yeah. that's really the difference. Yeah. And whatever you and appreciate I, goes up in value. Yeah. And I would just say on, on that, I remember many years ago sitting with a man who, you know, was kind of a, a quieter guy. And, you know, but as I sat with him, just, I mean, I was amazed. I was astounded at... His, his acumen, his understanding, like the gold that was in him. And I remember talking to Lee and I was just like puzzled. I'm like, man, you know, he's just kind of behind the scenes. He looks, you know, it's like a shell. And Leanne had to say, yeah, because his ego has been destroyed over the years. Have you, you know, met the wife who is continually belittling any opportunity in public to throw him under the bus and humiliate him? And so here is potential absolutely reduced, you know, almost, almost diffused. And so uh, never under, underestimate the power of a wife's words, the power of a wife's words. Um, I remember many, many years ago we were having, you know, another moment, I would say, <laughs> a, a heated discussion. And, uh, and so Leanne said, you know, okay then. What do you want? What do you want from me? Yeah. Yeah. You wrote me every day. No, no. 
wasn't so quite a notebook. It wasn't a, a notebook moment. A, yeah, notebook moment. So, yeah. but anyway, so what, you know, what do you? And I wasn't expecting. If I was honest with you, I wasn't expecting the conversation to get there. Yeah. Like I was so busy telling her about how I was hard done by, and then finally she said, "All right, all right. What do you want from me?" I'm like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I, I wasn't prepared for this part. I, I never saw us getting. To, what? Yeah. And then you know how sometimes you speak before you think. All right, excuse me. Ladies, your husband will think, uh, speak before he thinks. Uh, that didn't land very well. Anyway, but I, your, your pastor is the only man in here who speaks before he thinks. So out of my mouth comes, I want a cheerleader. And I'm like, and Leah's like, it's the short skirts, isn't it? I'm like, kinda. But I said, you know, we were, at the, we were watching back when that were the San Diego Chargers. And something it was like this Holy Ghost moment where I noticed the cheerleaders cheering when we were, when we were winning. I noticed the cheer, you know, first down, you know, it's any air chargers and, you know, on the 30, on the 20, you know. But then I noticed the Holy Spirit said, look, the cheerleaders are cheering just as loud, if not louder, when we were losing. When we were behind. They were 14 points up and now they'd made another first down and it was first and goal and the cheerleaders are vocal on the side and then the Holy Spirit said this is the reason they use the cheerleaders for the the men it's not it's not a, a subjugation or a misogynist thing it's a reality now it can be used that way but it's a reality that uh what every man longs for is for his beautiful to be not just cheering when you win, but she's still cheering when you lose. She's still cheering when you lose. And it's so true. And even that that thinking in our culture and society, you'll get a prickling from from women sometimes because we've been so taught to, to, to fight for ourselves and not fight for one another. But I'm telling you, if you grasp this, The Bible talks about husbands love your wives. Probably the greatest desire of every woman is to be loved. And then it says, wives, honour your husbands. I think one of the greatest love languages, the way we can show love for our husband is through, is through that honour. And it's not to be, not to be diminished as something that is is earthly or, or base. It's, it's a God-given need on the inside of him. And I've just seen in the times where I have honoured him, where I've put aside even my own preferences. And, and so much of marriage sometimes can be us fighting for our own rights, our own will, our own preferences. Yeah. But I think we got to a point in our marriage, and we've been married 30 years, Hello. where we started doing it the opposite way. And I, I honestly say to you, as a liberated free woman who has been married for 30 years, who is as happy as she's ever been, or or, or could ever possibly hope to be, that the shift happened for us when I thought about how I could bless him, how I could serve him, how I could love him. And in the meantime, my world got so much larger. And it's such an antithesis to what we're taught in in society. It almost feels like, what? That sounds like slavery. But on on the contrary, your, your life will open up in ways that it could never have possibly. Your marriage will will be so beautiful so and so good. sweet. I love the way you just said that, you know, where the, the Scripture says one person withholds 
and yeah. comes to ruin. The other one gives, yeah. right? And, and increases so there's this principle, right? Yeah. Uh, actually, when I focus on the release, when I focus on blessing, when I focus on taking care yeah. of, and and I'm you know the five love languages, yeah, yeah, which yeah. Uh, which can be really fun. Okay. They can they can also be uh, a weapon if you're not careful. That's the oh, thing yeah. with those things. Use them as a resource, but if they become a weapon to go, well, I'm this love language, and you're not doing what I need, right? right? Then it you ends don't up even know me. The opposite effect, right? Well, can I tell you how I got through that? Okay. <laughs> so we, we bought the book and it's, it's, it's a must read, The Five Love Languages. And, uh, and then, you know, I kept getting it wrong. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit just said, Yerks, Yerks, because he's your helper. He's so good. He helps me because I'm not that smart. So he pulls me aside and says, Yerks, let, let me give you some, some intel here, how you can win. I'm like, okay. My God, man, I thought this way. He's like, you know, Leanne's all five. Yeah, that's it. Like, oh. yeah. like she's quality time. This, gifts, this is the prophetic the word for every man. Your wife is all of them. All right. He's like, she's she just just assume she's all five, and your biggest job is to figure out which one it is at that particular moment. And so I said, I said, oh, you know, am I all five? He goes, no, men are only two. Yeah, that's it. Words of affirmation and physical touch. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, Samuel, hey, touch him and yeah. tell him he's awesome. That's what Samuel. That's all like I need. Touch me, tell me I'm awesome. <laughs> Have you ever heard uh, Samuel's uh, version of that? It is physical touch and words of affirmation, but he likes to call it. Uh, I'm gonna mess it up, babe. Physical, physical time and quality touch yeah. is what he is. <laughs> so Those are my like, two love languages. I just kind of. That's like the 2.0. So that's it. It's simple. All you, gotta do. you know what I mean? It's, it's really simple. Physical time. Yeah, yeah, that took a lot of brain power. <laughs> I love but it. I did. So, well, you know, so I, well, let me just say on that yeah. then. So, uh, you know, there's there's a there's a joke in there. There's a jest in there. But there's also a truth in there that she is all five, and it's up to me to figure it out. The problem with the male brain is that we're hunters. You know, we're, we're territory takers. We're conquerors. And the, 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 the problem is you can't, you can't put that on the wife. So one of the biggest issues that I had was once Leanne and I got married, I'm like, yes, the ring's on the finger, we're married. Yeah. And then I'm wondering why things were deteriorating. And then the Holy yeah. Spirit had to, to, to hammer me and he said, Jürgen, how you got her is how you keep her. Wow. And I'm like, hang on. <laughs> Do you know the lengths that I went to? Do you know the money it cost me? Do you know, do you know how focused I was sitting across the table, looking in her eyes, listening to every word, and then answering with, and how did that make you feel? And like, and he's like, exactly. How you got her is how you keep her. I'm like, so. But we're married. Surely I don't have to do date. You got to do date night. And it was like it was like a game changing moment. So good. Because she, listen, I wanted her. I wanted to believe, and every male believes this. I wanted, you know, to believe that Leanne married me because I had Will Dillon esque good looks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some healing, just some healing right there. That she married me because I was so hot, handsome, she couldn't live without me. That's what I want. Wait, but you know what? Here's the deal. True? No. Kind of true. Katie. A woman, a woman, 
Looks is up there, but it's probably not in the top three. A woman marries an ideal. A woman marries an ideal. I presented an ideal to her of fun, of adventure, of nurture, of care. She, she's like, I will say yes to what you're presenting. Wow. She doesn't realize it's I'm fishing with bait. <laughs> Once you've eaten the bait, honey, it's gone. But you're in my boat now. No more tuna for you. And I've got plans for you. That, that, didn't, that didn't go over at all. That went over like a dead fish. If you know anything about dead fish, they begin to stink. And I'm like, why is my marriage stinking? And, uh, right. and that was why. And then I realized she married the ideal. And let me just tell you, the, the, greatest, the greatest gift that you can give your spouse, the greatest counsel I could give to you for you to have the best and the healthiest marriage is never, ever stop pursuing her. Yeah. Even if you've been married 30 years, I realize I'm already got to be thinking next week. I've already got to be thinking Valentine's Day. I've got to be thinking of the next. Every woman, if you will pursue her, she will run to you. She will let you catch her. She will let you. And if you catch her, you get to kiss her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very That's nice. what I'm talking about. Is that true, about. Colin? Am I telling the truth? Okay. So <laughs> with that, you know, you stop getting as much applause. You got the applause on the kissing part, right? But the whole, like, you got to keep chasing her part, it felt like the applause, you know, died down a little bit. I, I will add to that because I think sometimes, <laughs> especially in Christian circles, we hear God hates divorce. So then our focus becomes don't get divorced instead of the focus being how can we have the best marriage ever. Yes. I feel like it's the wrong conversation yeah. and the yeah. wrong motivation. Yeah. Yeah. You know what God also hates? Abuse, yeah. neglect. Indifference bet right. between a husband and his wife or a wife and his husband. There are a whole lot of things God hates before it gets yeah. to the divorce conversation. Imagine if we righted those wrongs. Yeah. So this was never even something we had to entertain. Sure. And one of the biggest things that I felt God spoke to me at the beginning of the year concerning our church, of which I, Jürgen and I have responsibility, and concerning marriages and future marriages is don't settle. Wow. And I think a lot of Christians stop at, well, we're not going to get a divorce because God hates divorce. Right. Well, why don't, you, like, why don't you just instead think we're going to have the greatest love affair ever yes. and I'm going to do anything in my power to make sure the mistakes of our past are not the mistakes of our future. Right. It's only a mistake if you don't learn from it. Yeah. And just from our experience, we, we did everything wrong at the beginning. And I think maybe it was year six, yeah. we moved from New Zealand, which is a very tough time in our marriage. And God will allow you to go through tough times together because it's in those moments you become one like you never could before yeah. if you lean into God and lean into one another. Yeah. And it, it was during those tough testing times that, you know, the, the devil really came to sift us like wheat. And I landed in Australia thinking to myself, well, my goal is to stay married. 
And I felt God just shake me like that. What a terrible goal. Like I have so much more for you than just staying married. Like I want you to love him with the same love and the passion you had for him when you saw him as a 15-year-old girl. And he was and is the most handsome man you've ever seen in your life. I put something in a water. Butterflies in your stomach. Like who says that has to end? Who says that you have to dive down into mediocrity and... Like kind of get better with time and not worse. That's it. And that, is, that has been our story. And we certainly went through tough times. And I know that we're talking to people in various stages of getting better here today. Yeah. And I would say to you, persevere. If you have two people that are committed to Christ and committed to one another, there is nothing you cannot overcome together. And that's why the Bible says two are better than one. For when one falls down, the other will be there to lift them up. A threefold cord and the centre of that cord, of that threefold cord is, is Jesus Christ. And I know because my husband is committed to God, like he, he loves the Lord. He, he spends time, like he's amazing. I wish everybody could have a husband like him. And I honestly mean that. And I do feel sorry for some women sometimes because I'm like, why is your husband such a jerk? Like why? Like, like, yeah. like lean into God and become everything that you can. I, I trust Him implicitly because I know that He spends time with the Lord. And, and even in times where, you know, he, he, he doesn't, like His faithfulness to God keeps Him probably even in the times where He doesn't want to be kept. Yeah. And so I, I would say to you today that that is the greatest gift, husbands, you can give your wives is to be a man after God's own heart. Because if, if really she good. can trust that, then everything else is just... Can I just quickly chime beautiful. in on that? So chime good, baby. In. That was amazing. Um, when we, we were part of uh, a denomination, a movement where, you know, we heard that, you know, uh, don't get divorced. If you get divorced, you, you can't hold a credential as a, as a minister, as a pastor. And so, but we were continually just making withdrawals from marriage. Like it was, right. I, I was... I was continually making withdrawals, very few deposits, lots of withdrawals because it's all about the church and all about the mission and Jesus is coming back and you've got to spend 150 hours of the week down at the church and, and, and then you don't want to throw all that away by getting divorced. So, uh, you know, so, and so nearly, wow. nearly, nearly us and all that. of our friends were miserable, yeah. married but miserable. Yeah. And so we just assumed, well, we just got to hold on till Jesus comes back. Uh. Then we'll be happy. And, uh, and then it was when we got to C3 that we began to see a different model yeah. that you could actually enjoy yeah. and like one and one. And so it was a game changer. And probably the, the, the best way to describe it was when we first moved here, uh, we bought a Dodge Grand Caravan van because we had three little boys. Yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> somebody told me when you, you know, San Diego, you're not just going to pastor a church in that city, but they said, it's an amazing city. You can surf you can skate and you can snowboard all in the same day. Now, that's obviously very tiring, but uh, so I've never done it, but, but you could do all three in one day. And that, you know, two hours away is Big Bear. So I remember loading all three little, my, my three little rascals all in the van, you know, had it all packed, all our snow gear, and we're driving up to Big Bear the whole way. I'm telling them they're going to see. Not once did I mention, hey, my goal is not to drive off into a ditch. My goal is not to drive off right, into a ditch. Right. So... We're not going to get divorced. We're not going to drive into a... I, I wasn't... I was not talking... 
my goal, I didn't even think, don't drive into a ditch. I was thinking, can't wait till I get there. Oh, we're yeah. going to stop at yeah. the ski rental yeah. place. We're going to have the best next week. Daddy booked the best motel. You guys are going to learn to ski. Don't eat yellow snow no matter what mum says. No, I'm serious. She told me it's, it's lemon zest. There is... It didn't yeah, taste yeah, like that's lemon. That's a terrible joke you keep Definitely telling zesty. everywhere. It's so yeah. weird. <laughs> it's so weird. He loves telling that joke. But it, you know Very what, bigger. though? It still, it still works. You know what I mean? As a it fellow, probably it does it. It's probably completely a, inappropriate. As a church. fellow dad, you know, I, I found out why dad jokes happen. Because <laughs> kids are so young, they don't know what, what's funny. So they laugh at whatever a dad says. It's well, true. dad gets it in his mind. I am the funniest human alive. <laughs> Is that not true? Yeah. And That's so I'm going to keep using these jokes. I'm going to keep telling them. Uh, you know, and the key, as long as you laugh at it, that's the main thing. You know what I mean? That's the biggest key to, uh, to a dad joke, you know, your own personal confidence in it. Um, we're we're going to end here in a minute and pray. But, you know, going back to the not settling side of it, and I, yeah. I want us to kind of lean into that as we pray. Um, you know, Katie and I going on 19 years now wow, of marriage. And I will say, like, I've said it like this before. We've had really passionate seasons. We've had roommate seasons. We've had going through the motion seasons, right? And the key is just that when you hit a wall where there's some issue, where there's tension, where there's challenge, where there's indifference, where there's pain, yeah. is to just not settle there. That's yeah. right. right? Keep, Have a conviction go, no we can, this can be better. Yeah. This is not like, if you're in a spot where you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling distant or you feel, feels cold at home, what, what, maybe you're going through something. If you will stay faithful, if you will keep honoring each other, if you yeah. will keep going back to those things you did at first, if you will yes. love and, and keep fighting through those difficult yes. seasons, yes. you'll get on the other side of that and I'll be like, wow, yep. how much better yes. are we? How much yes. stronger yes. are we? Yep. And so genuinely, I'm not just saying that, you can verify this later with Katie, we're in the best season of our Yay. marriage yet, right? No. Because, right? That is correct. Okay, Fact cool. check, <laughs> true. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and it's going to keep getting better, yeah, it's true. but it's because of intentionality, yeah. right? And when you get to those seasons where you feel like, yeah. I don't know if I want to do the work wow. to deal with this conflict or yeah. this issue, there's always that choice you have to make. Am I going to just give up here, right, and settle yeah. here, yeah. or am I going to make a decision to keep fighting for what I know yeah. a great marriage can yeah. be, you know? And I think that's the decision every yeah. couple has to make together to keep yeah. saying, we're in this together. We're going to fight for this. We're going to build just the most fun, passionate, beautiful marriage. And how many thankful for this couple right here that have showcased that. Thank you. We're going to pray well. Yeah, come on. What do you stand at your feet? Let, let, me, let me pray for you. Even, even if you're not married, let me just tell you. The Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. The Bible is very, very intentional with language. It doesn't say who finds a smoking hot girl. Right. Right. He who finds a wife. Right. Come on. You can only see wife if you're acting husband. Right. So there's a, there's a beautiful anointing that, that before you become 
God is already engineering. God formed Adam and then he breathed into Adam. And once the breath came into his nostrils, he became a living being. But God had done all the engineering prior. And I just, just want you to know that if you come from divorce and if you come from dysfunction, if you come from brokenness and if you come, it, it stops here with you. Right, come on. It Let's stops see. here with you. It doesn't have to be a cycle that you carry. It doesn't have to be a cycle that you repeat. Because yes. you you are standing right now in the house of the living God. Yeah. You, you, are stand, you are positioned where there is a spirit of life. But not only that, but there are keys to the kingdom. God gave you keys and those keys unlock the treasuries of heaven. And the wisdom that wasn't maybe in your your growing up, in your parents, you don't have to follow from there. There is wisdom that is coming. There is blessing that is coming. There is transformation that is coming. There is healing that is coming. Some of us carry the trauma of abuse or we carry the trauma and so we make inner vows. And those inner vows, uh, we do it to, to protect ourselves. We don't realize the damage they do. We say, I'm never going to trust. Oh, I'm never going to put myself. I watched the pain my mother went through. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to always make sure that I'm putting me f- and, and not realizing that you are actually accelerating the demise and the repeat of exactly. Right. Right. But letting that go. Just close your eyes and turn your palms towards heaven. Let me just tell you, nothing is too far gone. If you feel like, oh man, you don't understand. You don't understand the weeds in our garden. You don't understand the damage that's been done. You don't understand how overgrown our garden is. I want you to know that Jesus intentionally allowed one of his dearest friends, Lazarus, to be dead for four days. For four days before he turned up. The Jews believe that for three days, a man's spirit remains on the earth but on the fourth day the spirit goes to to heaven jesus waited until that day and when he got to the tomb he said roll away the stone martha said lord by now there's a great stench for he has been dead four days in other words he is no longer there there's just a rotting corpse there and many of us if today you'll just roll away the stone it's hopeless roll away the stone no no it's too far gone Roll away the stone. You don't understand the damage we've done. Roll away the stone. No, we've already started divorce proceedings. Roll away the stone. No, no, we're already we're already got separation. Roll away the stone. Of no, we've tried this before. We went to a counselor before. It didn't. Roll away the stone, because there's a power, there's a resurrection power, that can bring life into the most impossible circumstance and situation. Father, I pray for every marriage right now for breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Father, I thank you that reconciliation and forgiveness begins to flow. Great grace comes upon every husband. Great grace comes upon every wife. Husbands, as a husband, I want to say to you, your bride, your wife is the greatest gift that God has placed into your life. And your assignment is to learn how to love her. You don't know how to love her. She is teaching you. And if you will lean in to learning how to love her, it will will make you 10x what you could ever be on your own. You could go to all the self-help seminars. You could go to all the motivational speakers. You will never be. You'll never reach the pinnacle of what 
just learning to love your bride will do for you. Father, and I thank you right now for all the wives that, that, that your husband's strength, your husband's ego literally is shaped by the words, you can nag or you can cheer. You can pull down or you can encourage. I pray for the single people. You're not any less of a person, but I'm telling you there are single people here. You won't be single December 31 this year. And it's because of a shift that's happening now. It's a shift that he finds a wife. She's already thinking wife. She's already, she's not thinking one night stand. She's not thinking flimsy relationship. She's thinking, Father, I thank you right now for the anointing, for the blessing, for miracles. And the most important thing, and I have to finish, I've got a hand back. The most important thing is Christ in the center. If you're away from Jesus, don't walk out the same way you walked in. We've got, we're going to have people uh, down here on the exit with uh, a Bible and a following Jesus book. If you need prayer, find somebody in a high shirt, let them pray for you. But don't walk out the same way you walked in. Get some prayer. I know the ministry team's going to come forward shortly. If you need, hey, I just need someone to agree with me on this. Or, hey, we're struggling in this. And uh, I know that Dr. Robin is here and she's an extraordinary therapist. I shouldn't be throwing her under the bus. You might be completely full with appointments, but she can recommend another therapist. But I'm telling you, one of the greatest things that, that I ever did was I went and saw a therapist thinking I was going to talk to the therapist and she would agree with me on and uh, instead she said actually and I began to realize wow there were some things you know the prophet Michael Jackson Jesse the prophet Michael Jackson was so right so if you want to make the world a better place take a look at yourself and make the change amen come on lift your hands high to heaven father I thank you for these beautiful people Father, I thank you that when they look in the mirror, what stares back at them is a world changer. What stares back at them is a son or a daughter that delights the heart of God. And I break the lie of Satan that says that they're too messed up. They're too jacked up. They're too sinful. They're, they're too. I break that lie in Jesus. Now, I declare Jesus hung on a cross to wash away all our sin and all our iniquity, to present us to the Father holy, spotless, without blemish, without spot. I thank you that God's favor rests upon them. I thank you God's blessing is towards them. I thank you that God's spirit fills them and makes them more than conquerors in this age. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.